Welcome, everyone, to the Cardio Seeds podcast. I'm Dr. Svetlana Shimon, your host. Today, we will explore the present and future of American healthcare, discussing ways to optimize the system and improve the well-being of medical professionals. So, if you are with us, let's dive right in and begin this exciting journey together. In today's episode of the Cardio Seeds podcast, we will talk about why Europeans are so skinny. Yes, you heard me right. Europeans aren't overweight or obese by any means, at least the majority of them. And um, one of you, my listeners, sent me the following question in uh, the email. Um, you said, um, Dr. Shimon, I started watching the news ever since the war on Ukraine started several weeks ago. And I noticed that uh, the Ukrainians who are your compatriots, my compatriots, uh, they are rather um, skinny or um, uh, in good physical shape. And uh, I was wondering, you said that uh, the rate of obesity in America is uh, around 45, uh, 40 to 45%. But I hardly saw any obese or overweight Ukrainians on television among the refugees or soldiers or any other members of um, population um, you know, during those weeks on television. So, and he was asking me, what's the deal? Why Europeans are so skinny and uh, Americans are not. And I decided to have this podcast based on, on this, um, you know, on my view of this uh, actual topic. Uh, let me tell you the background why I think this is the case. So um, Europeans have two things going for them. Number one, culture of physical activity. And number two, culture of um, eating food consumption. Let's start with the culture of food consumption. First of all, uh, Europeans, uh, Europeans aren't obsessed specifically with what they eat, but they are um, pretty careful with how much they eat, especially women. Um, women are very careful about their portion control. So men, however, do not overeat either. Why? Uh, there is something about culture in Europe that follows certain rules from very, very early childhood. So, first of all, mothers don't overload their children's plates. Number two, restaurants do not serve, um, you know, oversized portions. And then... Um, when people cook at home, uh, 
they actually serve very small or medium-sized portions when they eat. And the tableware, plates, dinner plates, um, soup plates, salad plates, even cups or mugs are much smaller than we have here in America. In fact, when I came to the West, when I came to America, I was shocked by the size of um, table plates, serving plates, and um, everything, the portion size. I said, why? Why people are doing this to themselves? So inevitably, if people have such large plates and put so much food on their plates, of course, they are incentivized in a way to eat all that food to consume, especially if the mothers tell them, you know, when they're little, eat everything that I put on on your table, or you're not going to go and play with your friends, etc, etc. So that kind of creates culture of overeating, overconsumption from, you know, their very beginning, their young age, which does not exist in Europe at all. Number two, what do Europeans eat? When they have dinner, they base it around a small piece of meat or a small piece of chicken and surround it with a whole bunch of sides and salads. So they don't have a huge chunk of meat or a huge slice of chicken or fish or, you know, a huge piece of steak uh, as American uh, or Canadians do. Uh, This slices of steak or sizes that we consume here is absolutely out of proportion that you know, people should be eating. It's about four or five sizes more than we should be consuming at any given time. So the portion size is much, much smaller. And Europeans, without even knowing that, they eat a normal portion size for um, proteins, for animal proteins, or for plant proteins. They put a small piece of chicken, a small piece of fish, a small piece of steak on the plate, and then add sides to it. Also, you know, several pieces, you know, of of potatoes or um, a tablespoon of rice and a large pile of salad or something like that. So that adds a bulk without adding calories. And notice that not only at home they eat like this, these are servings in restaurants as well. So restaurants serve the same type of portions. They do not overload plates. This is about food. Now let's move to uh, physical activity. Physical activity has a large, huge part of lives in Europe. Uh, Europeans love being physically active. They do own cars, and sometimes they have to go to work and cover large distances. But when they come home from work, they go outside 
and they walk. They walk. And if they need to go to a grocery store, for instance, that is a mile or mile and a half away, they don't necessarily take their car there. If it's a walkable distance, they would take a backpack or a bag and they would walk to the grocery store and walk back from that grocery store. Mind you, Europeans, including Ukrainians in large cities, especially large cities, they do not buy the, that amount of groceries that Americans buy at any given time. When they go for groceries, they can buy a small piece of meat, a, a small, um, you know, one can of of one drink, for instance, or, uh, you know, um, a pack of butter or one uh, loaf of bread. And that would be that. And they come home with that. And the next day, if they need something else, they go go back to the grocery store and buy what they need for that day. And if the distance is walkable, Literally speaking, if they have to walk for 20, 25 minutes back and forth, they would rather walk than drive their car back and forth. Why? They consider walking actually enjoyable unless it's raining horribly or is very, very hot. Even if it's hot, they would walk because they like it. They're used to it. They actually enjoy it. In my former home country, Ukraine, many people live in large apartment complexes, um, large apartment buildings that are uh, positioned around huge courtyards. And those apartment blocks, you know, they have nice um, transportation, public transportation that brings people to and from the center city, for instance, where they work, or they can take public transportation, can take you to grocery shopping or to pharmacy, or um, you can take kids to kindergarten, but also alternatively, you can walk. And people do prefer walking. Pharmacy, kindergarten, even to work, if it's walkable, they do walk. So this famous notion of 10,000 steps a day will be fulfilled automatically for them. Even if they take public transportation to work, then they would walk from the train station or from the tram or trolley bus, bus station to their workplace and then would walk back from their workplace to the tram station and then from the tram station go back walk back to their house so that's already that that will already add you know several thousand steps to their walking daily routine also they like to walk after dinner just for enjoyment of it for the sake of walking so the Ukrainians simply love to spend time outdoors because, you know, the apartments that they live in are 
um, they tend to be pretty small, actually. So uh, people love to spend time outdoors with their friends or by themselves and with their families, with their kids, you name it. So to get out of the house is the must every day. So the idea to breathe fresh air which more often than not is not fresh, especially in large cities. But the idea is very important. So married couples or young couples, people who date, would take daily lengthy walks. And the walks can be as long as one and a half to two hour long. And married couples with kids would always bring their children along and frequently make them walk, not ride in a stroller, but a little kid like 12, 18 months old would just would be just walking and mom would be just, you know, taking their hand and just be struggling, but walking by their mom's or dad's side nevertheless. You know, for some people, actually for many people, especially during the times when I was growing up back in the day, long daily walks was a perfect time to show off and see other people. So on warm evenings, days on, in streets and parks and recreational areas, um, in big cities and towns, even in villages, they are crowded. People of all ages are out and some people would dress nicely for a walk, for a promenade. A woman put on nice shoes and dresses, skirts and dresses, and men would wear their best casual outfits. So they would enjoy themselves without even thinking of this as a workout or anything physical, even though um, a couple of hours of this promenade um, walk would break would burn at least 250 to 300 calories. So again, for them, it would be simply lifestyle. In America, unfortunately, we don't socialize with our neighbors and friends on a daily basis. But back home, um, and in Europe in general, people do work hard. But uh, the moments they leave work, they submerge into boiling social life. And the everyday socializing almost always involves some types of physical activity. So there is a powerful motivation to keep moving and keep physically active. Ukrainians and Europeans in general they don't rely on gym memberships or expensive equipment or personal trainers to stay physically active. They would use anything they have. The kids would kick an old soccer ball or ride a rusted bike and um Kids or teenagers would just string a, um, you know, shredded volleyball volleyball net, um, which has seen better days, and just play volleyball in a courtyard. And they would share dumbbells and tennis rackets and 
just play and stay active. And the key words would be like friends and fun. They have fun with it. And it's quite different from a necessity or pushing themselves into, you know, working out and losing weight. So again, this is lifestyle. And that comes from very early age. Now, Ukraine may have long and cold winters. So um, people don't, you know, sit indoors and don't watch TV all that time when it's very cold and snowy outside. They go outside and enjoy typical outdoor activities, wintertime activities. They involve cross-country skiing, sledding, skating at a communal skating park and rink, playing skate, playing ice hockey, um, you know, even having snowball fights. So if you see somebody actually going to work um, using cross-country skis, that is considered absolutely normal. Nobody will think of that person as a, as a nutcase. Here in America, I saw a couple of people doing that, and people were actually pointing fingers at those people, which in Russia or uh, Ukraine would be considered normal. Now, I need to mention the last thing before I finish today. Um, the culture of physical education at school and universities. Physical education or PE, what we call here, is the inherent part, inherent part of um, education back home or in Europe. So it's included in mandatory curriculum of school from the first grade till the last grade. And when I was in medical school, physical education program was included in the curriculum of our medical school as a mandatory um, subject. So uh, in elementary school, middle school, and high school, we had physical education classes three times a week, one hour each, so three hours per week. And it was intense. I mean intense. They taught us everything from track and field to swimming to basketball to soccer to uh, badminton, volleyball, you name it. Every single sport. You can do gymnastics. Everything. Everything. So, we had, our school was 10 years, not 12 like in America, but 10 years. Imagine if you go there for 10 years and every week, three times a week, one hour. So that's school only curriculum and that's Europe. So America has to catch up on that to avoid you know, this degree of obesity and overweight. So that basically sums it up. And this was your host, Dr. Svetlana Shimon. 
I am a board-certified preventive cardiologist and a cardiometabolic coach from the suburbs of Philadelphia. Please send me your questions to drchamounlifestyle at gmail.com and I will incorporate my answers to your questions into my future podcast episodes. Thank you for listening to the Cardia Seeds podcast and goodbye.